We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. This is a special episode with a Rotowire expat, Andrew Laird, <laughs> <laughs> who is in the building. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm great. I'm great. It's uh, very surreal to be on this side of a Rotowire Fantasy Anything podcast. So I did a bunch for soccer and football when I was there. And to be a guest now, yeah, it's, it feels a little weird, not going to lie. Yeah, you and I didn't have too much overlap uh, when you worked at Rotowire because you were soccer almost exclusively, and I was basketball, still am basketball. But then for a while, you helped us with some DFS stuff, which is where you and I started interacting a little bit more. And then after that, um, you ended up going to uh, So Rare Data, which you are the head of content for now. And that was, was that original? That was just originally soccer, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So Rare started with soccer a few years ago and right. so rare data kind of followed at the same time. And then, yeah, they, so rare introduced baseball and basketball this mm -hmm. year. And so we kind of follow everything that they do. And so, yeah, uh, I've done more NBA stuff in the last, you know, few weeks and months than I had my entire time at Rotowire, but yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't know enough about soccer to jump in. And even my baseball knowledge is is not great, but I kind of knew NBA was coming down the pipeline. So I was just like, I'll, I'll wait for this. Um, but you're you're a big Villanova guy. And uh, I was we were I was going down the list the other day of the great Villanova players, which is kind of how we, we were DMing, mm -hmm. talking about uh, you had gotten some Villanova so rare cards. But I started looking down the list of, of Villanova guys in the league right now. Kyle Lowry, Mikael Bridges, Josh Hart, Sadiq Bay, Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, and even Archie Diacono, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and Eric Paschal. It's like all of these guys are, they're great. Like the, the, the approval rating of these players is so high. Um, it's turning into a little bit of like a, like a factory of like uh, kind of like just tough players. Yeah. I think they kind of look at it. They just like, they make, good professional basketball players like yes there are some of them you know lowry has been like a an all-star a few times he, he won his ring mikhail bridges robbed of a defensive player of the year last year <laughs> in my completely unbiased opinion right but yeah it's just guys that like play tough and what's kind of nice is they're the types of players who like stick around the league and so it's mm -hmm. not like they you know i'll get them for a year or something and all of a sudden they disappear i mean obviously there's some that that didn't quite 
make it. Omari Spellman was another first round pick. Who I believe is playing in uh, South Korea right now. Mm-hmm. Where thanks to uh, Instagram, I see he's just dunking all over people. But uh, <laughs> I think his days in the league might be over. But yeah, it, it's fun to see these guys. And uh, you know, I'm a huge, like huge Villanova basketball nut. And all of these guys were on either the 2016 or 2018 championship teams. So yeah, it's just really fun to like be able to like see them continue to play because when I was at Villanova, the team was terrible and they had zero <laughs> NBA players. And so once those guys left, I was like, well, that was fun. I'll never see them play again. So yeah, it's definitely a good time. It's it's a stark contrast to the Wisconsin basketball products um, <laughs> that I that I'm dealing with currently. Johnny Davis um really failing to get minutes in, in Washington. But we all like some of it was some of these guys were drafted far too high. Like Frank Kaminsky had no business Kaminsky. going like ninth. Mm-hmm. Uh Decker, you know, middle of the lottery, whatever. Um, but yeah, that has not panned out the same way that Villanova players have, have quite panned out. Um, Those two though, it's like when they were at Wisconsin, it was kind of like they had that pedigree of guys who like all of a sudden you're like, wow, they've been in the league for like 12 years, like mm-hmm. no all-star games. And you know, they're not playing 30 minutes a night, but like there's something to be said about playing in the NBA for a long time. And they seem like they were going to fit that mold. And yeah, we'll see. It <laughs> doesn't always happen. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes a little bit. Um, I've been interested in so rare when it came around because I'm, I mean, I'm someone who collects sports cards in general and I'm like, you know, I'm a little, you know, the NBA top shot happened. I'm a little skeptical in general of like NFTs, but it, it seemed like it was going to be like a game. So I was like, I'll, I'll see what happens. Then you move on to do stuff for so rare data. I'm like, okay, so <laughs> maybe this is, maybe this is something that will kind of start blowing up a little bit. And um, I guess for people who have either no idea or very little idea of what so rare is, how would you, how would you explain it? Kind of give the elevator pitch for it and why, like what it is in general, but also what's the pitch for playing it? Sure. Sure. So before I even get into that, sure. I want to just like be very clear that like, I thought the idea of NFTs was nuts. Like I I totally understand (laughs) why people are like, you're just paying all this money for like JPEGs and this is just all trying to make a, a quick buck. And I, to be honest, I never really got into top shot myself. Not even, not really. I didn't get into it at all. Me either. Because I was like, I don't know. I can see this thing on YouTube and I don't know why I need to own it. And I'll be honest that I kind of turned my mind a little bit on it when I was like, it probably doesn't matter that I don't necessarily think these things have value, but like if other people do, then maybe there's value in it. But even without the NFT side, like fundamentally, Sorare is a fantasy sports platform. So it's like they have soccer, they have baseball and they have basketball. So it's like, it's a place you go right now to play fantasy basketball. And in order to play, you buy these basketball cards basically. And like, it's the literally the equivalent of like going out and buying a top, you know, a pack of basketball cards and you, whatever you get, you can use those in a fantasy game. So rare does it a little differently in terms of like how you get the cards because they either sell them through auctions on their site. So you pay kind of, you just have to pay more than anyone else is willing to pay for them. Right. Uh, or there's a whole secondary market where, you know, if somebody buys a, a guy who's not playing that well and they get him for cheap and then all of a sudden he starts playing night in and night out 
it gets a little more expensive because people want that card and you can sell it. So there's no like like Top Shot had packs. Uh, so rare makes it very clear that like you're buying a specific card and that card goes into kind of a collection that you have and you can use those in a fantasy game that runs twice a week. And then based on how you finish in these competitions, you can win more cards. And then theoretically, if you want, you can sell those cards for money. Uh, it's all based on the Ethereum blockchain. So it is still NFTs. So there is still like a bit of a crypto part of it. Um, to be honest, like for the first six months that I was on the platform, I bought all my cards with like a credit card or a debit card. You know, it didn't, mm. you can use it that way. You don't necessarily have to go through the whole crypto thing. If you do want crypto, like they make it easy to buy it kind of through different partners that they have, like, um, like ramp, but Fundamentally, the idea is it's a fantasy basketball game where you use cards to make your best lineups. Yeah, I think the part that is, it really is fantasy basketball. I think that's the yeah. part that like some people don't really, they're like, this doesn't necessarily feel like fantasy to me. When you kind of break down what the game is, it uses fantasy points in a pretty traditional scoring setting. It's a yeah. little bit different than like a FanDuel or something like that. But if you understand how to play FanDuel and what the scoring settings are of that, you just kind of fundamentally understand how so rare works on a fantasy on just a, a bare bones fantasy basketball level. And I think your point that you bring up about, um, you know, you brought up like everyone's bought basketball cards or football cards or whatever. Yeah. I actually think it's a little bit more like Pokemon in the sense that you could play the Pokemon game when you were a kid. Yep. Like a lot, probably a lot of people listening to this might be a little old for that, but like the Pokemon well, cards, you, yeah. Pokemon <laughs> cards, the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like that was an actual game. Yeah. Right. When you buy basketball cards at the store, that's, there's no game involved with that. So um, this is something that has worked in the past, just physically. Right. Yes. Like Magic the Gathering, whatever you want to play. Um, so you mentioned getting a pack. So let's say I want to play so rare. I'm interested. Yeah. I sign up. What's the first thing that happens? Yeah. So to start off, you get 20 what they call common cards. And so similar to a lot of... Uh, NFT projects that that are kind of like this, they basically make a certain number of cards every year. And so each player will have uh, four different scarcities of cards. They have common, limited, rare, super rare, excuse me, five, and unique. So the common cards are free. You get those, you get 20 of them when you sign up. They cannot be bought or sold. So like that's kind of the, where they, uh, make the, their free to play game is like this. So you use mm -hmm. these common cards to enter competitions each week. And so, like I said, they run twice a week and depending on the number of games that your that that player has in a game week, that's what they call it. The game week, basically it, you get the highest score. So it's almost like best ball. So mm -hmm. each week it's a, you make a lineup of five players. They have two different competitions, which we'll get into in a little bit. And it's effectively a salary cap game that runs three or four days of the week. And you just get the highest score of the players that you have in that week. And, you know, the higher you finish, the better rewards that you'll get. Yeah. And so it is, it, that's one thing maybe we should clarify at the top. This is, you can just join for free. There's yeah. no, there's no entry fee, but if you play really well and your lineups do really well, right, you earn better cards as rewards, which then can be sold on the marketplace later. Correct. Yep, absolutely. And 
So you can play for free forever if you want. Mm -hmm. You can then start buying some of the cards of, of the different scarcities that they have. And obviously the cards that are more scarce um, will cost more, but you also can win better rewards. It's kind of like the equivalent of if you're in a DFS cons, uh, contest, you know, the the ones with entry fees of 530 or whatever they're up to these days. Where, but, you know, you have to beat fewer people, but you can win 100 grand. Like the more you put in it, the better prizes that you could potentially win. But yeah, you could play free forever. You could also play the free game and win some of the limited cards, which will help you get into the, you know, progress to the higher division. And if you just want to jump right in, you can start buying cards right away. Like you don't necessarily have to play the free game, but there are options basically however you want to play. And they've seen some pretty significant growth early on, but there's still enough kind of, there aren't too many people where it's like impossible to win. And so the the big dynamic change between the common game, which are the free cards you get at the beginning and the contests that are either using the limited rare, super rare cards, they don't have the unique ones open yet is based on your budget. Like you could buy anyone you want. So mm -hmm. theoretically we, we could have lineups that are the same and they have some deeper rules that, you know, help break ties and stuff like that. But effectively, like you can go and try to buy the best players and just play those. The, the salary cap aspect uh, kind of ends up making people think similarly um, because we use projections like Sora data, the site I work for now uses rotowire projections. And mm. it's the, I, th we've seen plenty of people who really just were like, well, what's the optimal lineup? And it's kind of like the people who use DFS lineup optimizers, like, all right, just give me the optimal and I'll play that. And we're kind of seeing that a little bit in, in so rare, which may not be the best uh, strategy. We, you know, it's, it, the game is still very early, so it's tough to like, you know, have any understandings of how everything goes, but that's basically the, the idea is that you're just making these lineups and competing. Yeah. And you, you mentioned that, so they are five man lineups of the cards that you get and you mentioned the salary cap. The salary cap aspect is not in the same way. There's no omnipotent puppet sure. master setting these like prices <laughs> of players who, you know, like suddenly Anthony Simons is like 8,000 because Damian Lillard got hurt, right. which is positives and negatives. So what they do is they do the 10 game rolling fantasy point average. Yep. And then depending on the way the contest is set up, you are basically allotted a certain amount of total average points. Now, there's one contest, for example, where your top player doesn't even count against your total cap. So, for example, this week for me, in that lineup, I have Giannis as my top MVP, right? He doesn't count against my cap at all. His rolling average is like 60 or something. Yeah. And then I throw in Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Nicholas Claxton, and Brooke Lopez. And what they're doing, like you mentioned, it's a best ball format and it's bi-weekly. So, Bi-weekly lineups have gotten a lot more common in, in fantasy basketball. If, you, if you're someone who's listening to this and has played a lot of fantasy basketball, you know that there are people who hate the weekly lineups. They're like, my guy, my guy got hurt on a Monday. Yeah. I get zeros. Like, this is BS. And then there are people who, like me, don't like the daily lineups because they're like, I have to check this every single day. I got people adding people for certain <laughs> days. This is crazy. I might as well play DFS. So the bi-weekly thing, there's a contest that runs Monday, runs Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday, and then you get the best score, uh, the best score counts. So, um, you know, there is some game theory in terms of like one guy may have more upside, but he only has one game this week. 
compared to someone with maybe a little bit lower upside, but has three games, so he has three chances to get higher. So that already makes for some really interesting uh, dynamics. But um, yeah, let's see here. So you you mentioned okay. So you get if you win, if you do really good in these contests, you get better cards. Yep. And you, if you do really good in those contests, you get better cards. At some point, you have to start winning money or Ethereum, right? So or rewards, they, rewards. Yeah, they actually don't reward any Ethereum or cash. Like they're at this no. point where it's my understanding, and, and so Rare's never actually confirmed this. So I, I feel weird saying it, but like, sure, it sounded like as part of the deal with the NBA, and they had a similar thing with Major League Baseball, that it sounded like the leagues were not the biggest fans of potentially mm. offering cash. So the one thing I wanted to to add to this though, that because we talk about like these game weeks and we're kind of comparing it to DFS a little bit, the the cost to play is buying the cards. And yes. so there's no entry fees for each game week. So you could theoretically buy five cards and play them forever. So yep. there's a little, there's a like a tricky thing in this because um like you said before, there's so there's a salary cap. Essentially, it's a it's a they call it an L10. So it's like the average of the players' last 10 games. And for the champion contests, it's 120 total. But your top player doesn't count. So you can play like basically you can play better players there. And then they have another one called contender, which has a salary has a uh, points cap of 110. And you need five players to fit in 110, and that's like it's low. Like you're not yeah. playing like Giannis and, uh, no. and Durant or you're not, you know, it's really hard to get those like, like multiple of those guys in a lineup. So like I'm playing one this week where like my highest guy is Chris Paul. And like, that doesn't always make you feel great, but like you were mentioning before how you like kind of want to focus on guys with ceilings. So because of this like fantasy point average, Going into this current game week, Josh Hart and Devin Booker had the same average because they just happened to like Josh Hart does kind of a lot of things. He doesn't necessarily score a lot, but he, he can get some fantasy points. But like he's probably not hitting 60. I think their average was like 37 or something like that. Right. Josh Hart's ceiling is probably not that high, but we know Devin Booker's is really high. So mm -hmm. just like those two cost the same in terms of the salary cap, but they're very different players. And so um, the whole idea of like, oh, I'm just going to use the projections. It's like, well, you need to know kind of like what kind of players have ceilings where they could really outdo their projection. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, because a, a 10-game rolling average in the NBA, that's a long time. Yeah. That, that would take a long time for that to change. And one thing... You know, I look at I look at whoever wins the the competition every every competition week, and I realize that you know I don't want to, listen. I'm biased. I think I got unlucky with my cards. All right, I'm gonna say it. Um, you know, because I didn't I didn't get like um, I didn't get any rookies who basically have like no rolling average. I didn't get any like bowl bowl who mm-hmm. had a ten game rolling average of like one yeah. from last year, and then is putting up thirty fantasy points a game. So there is some luck involved with that. But if you if you are like if you're someone who plays fantasy basketball, you understand that if Damian Lillard goes out suddenly, Anthony Simons or Shaden Sharp, and then yeah. you know if you have those guys in your common uh, sort of your bench, so to speak, or your your deck, you can play those guys and it's great. But you can also go out on the marketplace and be like, I think that this week this is a really good player to pick up. Like Lillard's out. I know. Uh, I think I mean Hart in theory would be good to play, but like Anthony Simons. You know, he's going to have a great week. Maybe they play three times or something like that. This is a great investment. So you can sort of, it's almost like, um, you know, if you're, it's like if you're playing the waiver while you're in real fantasy to an extent, it's just a little bit of a different, the pricing idea of it is different. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think what's nice about it is it feels like a good middle ground between DFS 
and season long fantasy basketball. Yes. And what's nice, like the reason I stopped playing DFS uh, basketball was just like the time commitment at lock. Like I, I couldn't be at a computer for that hour before lock, but for Sorare, like you can still take advantage of those types of situations. Like if you're somebody who does want, like is at their computer at that time. And remember a few days ago, like when the news came out that Brandon Ingram and Zion Williams were going to be out. And then all of a sudden it was like, Oh, Trey Murphy's price is going up a little bit. And it's like guys like that you can take advantage of. But even if you don't like over three days, you might be able to make up for that. And so there's really not this like crush of, of information you need to do like just before the deadlines, the deadlines are Monday and Friday, 10 minutes before the first tip off. So around six o'clock Eastern and, but there are situations where you can take advantage of it. And so one of the things about this kind of platform is if you don't necessarily want to play the fantasy game, you can also just trade cards. Mm. Like you can like, I think this guy is going to be, is going to play more in the future. And we do see a lot of people buying cards like after the guy breaks out, you're like, Oh, this guy, you know, somebody has a huge game and then everyone gets in. And if you can just get there before, like you can get, you know, I know somebody who's going to be better next week and you can buy that card. Like you can literally like double, triple your, the amount that you paid for this card. And, and you can just like fund it from there. Like, I don't, I would never like call this like an investment vehicle. Like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who call it that, but like, just because like, it's weird to me because like, just because you bought something and you sold it for more later, like doesn't necessarily mean it's an investment, but like fundamentally it's a fantasy basketball game. And I think you can, you know, if you, if you're somebody who has that mindset of like buying and trading and buying and selling trading cards, like you can do that on this platform also. And so there's kind of like multiple ways that you can access just your, and use your fantasy basketball knowledge. Right. Like that's a, that's a concept that if you, like you mentioned, are someone who trades, buys, sells physical sports cards, you're well aware of where you're like, I think this player is going to break out next year or in the next couple of years, maybe I can buy low or a player gets hurt uh, at some point. And you're like, well, their card values go down, which is, I mean, that's its own crazy, weird discussion, but uh, <laughs> like I can buy low and then sell high later. Um, but that, that, that's a thing too. It's like people who play in dynasty leagues. Like I'm in one big, you know, dynasty fantasy basketball league where it's like guys who, you know, may not have the playing time now, but I'll, I'll try to trade them or I'll sign them this year, hoping that they start playing better either when the teams start tanking or next year or the year after. And like you're mentioning, you can just hold on to these players and these cards. And then when they get into bigger opportunities, um, you can sell them for more. And like, I think there's a couple, you know, there's different ways to go about it. You can target young guys. You can target guys behind guys who always get hurt. Yeah. Like Chris Porzingis always gets hurt. So you could just invest in like Daniel Gafford or Rui Hachimura or something like that. And then eventually Chris Apps is going to get hurt. And then you have an opportunity uh, to sell those cards for more than, than you paid in theory. So yeah, like you mentioned, I didn't, I didn't even really necessarily think about, because you, you don't have to play every week. You don't have to play every game week. So you can just kind of not hoard cards, but you can, like you're saying, collect, sell, invest in a way. And, and But with that, because it doesn't cost anything to enter the contests, like if you have the cards, you may as well just play. Like, True. You know, I mean, yes. Something course. happens and you, you're like, oh, I didn't expect to, to Archie win. Archie Diacono pops off. But, yeah. You know. I mean, it, it absolutely <laughs> happens. And it, I mean, it's one of the 
that's like the nicest thing about the fact that you aren't like paying for entry fees for all the contests because like if that was the case, I think fewer people would enter. But right. because the cost is in like acquiring the cards, which have value in their own right, because you could theoretically sell them if if the player does well and more people want it, then that's the case. So so actually to on that topic of buying and selling cards, mm-hmm. I think it's important because there have been other platforms like this where you can like buy and sell like shares of players. Um, a lot of these games were like popular in Europe because they it was unclear like where they fell in the gambling laws to, mm. in the U S to be honest. And so the situation that they have with so rare is so rare doesn't determine how much a card costs. Like right. they don't like sell a card and they're like, you know, Hachimura's is $8 this week and next week he's going to be nine. Like it's all based on like essentially a free market. Like so rare sells their cards through auctions and so if you just go on the site, they, they run 24 mm-hmm. seven and you can, you know, you bid whatever amount it is for the card. Somebody can outbid you, you can outbid them. And then like whoever's last wins subsequently on the secondary market, like you can try to sell your card for whatever you think it's worth, but if nobody's yeah. going to buy it, then it's not worth that. But at some point there is a price where somebody's willing to pay and somebody's willing to sell. And like that basically becomes the, the last sale price of the card. And what we do at Sorer Data is basically track every transaction that happens on the site. And so it gives you a very clear idea of how much has this card been selling for? You know, if, if you think this card is worth 12 bucks, but the last 10 cards have sold for 20, well, you're probably not going to get it for 12. And it just gives you an idea of like how much it'll cost to get these, these get these cards. Yeah, it was actually, it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I was, I was just about to ask, you know, like it seems really, how do you determine exactly how much a card would be worth? It's, so it's a fair question. You mentioned that's a free market, yeah, right? Yeah. In the sense, and what you do at Solar Data, you track a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we track literally every transaction. So if you have a card, let, let's say you win a card and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't really need this card. I'd like to sell it. You go on our site and you can see what the last well, you could see what every single card of that player has sold for. So theoretically, if the last 10 have sold between 15 and $20, you can post it on the secondary market for $20 or 12, you know, whatever you want. Let's Mm -hmm. say you set it for $25 and you can just wait until somebody buys it or nobody buys it and you post it for something lower. But there are also plenty of other people who are trying to sell cards. So we do see situations where, you know, you post a card for 20, and someone's like, "Oh, I'll I'll sell mine for nineteen ninety eight. Yep. You're like, "All right, I'll sell mine for nineteen ninety five. And then basically, at some point, one of them is bought, and like that becomes just the last sale. And then somebody else wants a new, another card, and they go to the next buy, in the next seller, and it just kind of works like that. Whereas, at no point does so rare come in and be like, "This is what this card is worth." And so that that's sort of the the open market aspect of it. As someone who has sold and bought plenty of sports cards on eBay, I'm very aware of people undercutting yeah. my, uh, you know, very undercutting my uh, attempt at trying to sell a card for more than I paid for it. So, um, and, but it, and and that's sort of why our site kind of exists is when you sell physical cards. I know that there are some platforms that like try to record transactions yeah. so that you like know how much whatever card you're trying to sell last sold for, but it's just 
it's just kind of out there and you can like see what people are trying to sell cards for. You're like, oh, the low price on this card is 500 bucks. But if the last one sold was like for 250, then you're not going to sell it if you post for 495. So right. it just, uh, the idea is just from our side is to give clarity to the market so that people are selling and buying, you know, buying and selling in price ranges that are at least close to where other people are buying and selling. It's, it's good information to have. Um, and completely necessary information to have, by the way. Like I was on the, when I first jumped into SoRare, I was like, oh, I'm going to check out the marketplace just because I know this is how this works. And I just started like looking at the cards that were selling, depending on the rarities. And I was like, I I have no idea what I'm looking at right now. Like these are just numbers to me. Like I I have no point of route. It's like some Zion cards going for eighty dollars. That means nothing to me. So yep. you need all of this context that um that you guys provide. Do you? I I'm curious as to okay, does the soccer game work very similarly to the NBA game? The the market does the game the, 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 the fantasy game itself is actually very different. There's there's the main contests they have are not capped by any scoring average or price average or, or anything. Mm. So you could literally play the five best players in the world as long as you're okay. willing to pay for them. Uh, the NBA just doesn't work that well with that concept because you're just going to see too many people that are trying to get like Giannis, Doncic, Jokic, LeBron, mm -hmm. and Morant. And like everyone will just play that. And that's just not fun when everybody no, plays it's it. not. And so <clears throat> the idea is they wanted to build a game. I'm, I'm, I apologize. Like I don't work for So Rare, so I sometimes feel like I'm speaking for them. It sure. feels like they <laughs> wanted to make players of all ab abilities have value. Mm -hmm. And so not the same value granted, but like, so we were saying how one of the contests is this contender contest where you have a cap of 110. And what we're seeing is guys like Jonathan Kaminga and Dean Wade. Mm -hmm. And I was trying, there was another one. I only say this because I have these clowns and DeAnthony Melton. Yeah. 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 And it's like, but you need these guys because they, they're really cheap on the, on the scoring cap, mm -hmm. which allows you to get better players in. And so we had this big situation with Keegan Murray at the beginning of the season. Cause he missed the first game of the season. So his, his L 10 was zero, zero, but like he was obviously going to score more than zero when he started, when he finally played, not that he missed that much time, but uh, so he was basically like a free square, but like, we don't get those that often that are literally zero, but like, Kuminga is four or two, I think it is now. And so like, if you have Kuminga, like that's really helpful because then you can get a much better scoring player in your lineup, but you're also just hoping that Kuminga plays 12 minutes and, and can somehow score, yes. you know, grab a few random rebounds. Whereas most of the time it's like, you're going in, like he's probably not playing at all. And so it's a weird dynamic. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing too, where it's like, sometimes, you know, if you're just playing the common game, sometimes you just get dealt better cards than other people. Like I don't have that many of those guys. Like I have like Jock Landale as like my, like my contenders lineup this week, which it's not a horrible contenders lineup is Andre Drummond, Max Struess, Santi Aldama, Dylan Brooks, Mike Conley. Like those are basically all guys who have like an 18 to 25 point average. Yeah. So you figure there's a chance, Hey, maybe they get, they all get 35 maybe. And mm -hmm. then I, you know, I take like 5,000 out of 60,000 or something. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, and the, the benefit or not the benefit, but the plus of this is that in that contest, everyone's playing guys that really aren't that good. Yes. And so like, I'm looking at mine. So my con- common contender lineup this week is uh, Doug McDermott, mm. uh, Patty Mills, Keldon Johnson, James Booknight, and DeMontis Sabonis. And it's like, sure. yeah, that's what I got this week. And so like, you just kind of hope that these guys end up getting, you know, you hope maybe Kyrie takes one game off this week. And so Patty Mills gets a little more playing time or something like random like that. Ben and- Simmons knee. Uh, he's out. Oh, there you go. So, yeah, so you're good. So I'm hoping for some minutes. So, and also like, because they take the best game of the game week, mm-hmm. you're not starting the game week thinking like, Oh, I got to fill everything, fill my guys with guys who have two games just because like, it's not cumulative. It's literally just the best one. So even if a guy, uh, who was it? Somebody was announced today that they were playing tonight, but they're not going to play the next game. Levine. Levine. Right. So it's like, you know, you're getting a game out of Levine anyway, even though he has two games, like, you know, you're getting one. So you can at least like weigh the risk of that situation where you're not just like dead. If he doesn't play that first game. Yeah. The having, having a guy with one game of the week, it just gives, it makes me so nervous. I had Van Van Vliet in my lineup over the weekend. He went over 11 shooting. I was like, man, put Jordan Clarkson in my lineup. Um, It's funny. yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I have sort of like an opposite feeling with Kyle Lowry that I like it when he has one game because I just feel like, you know, he's kind of older, like he right. only <laughs> have to worry about one game this week. <laughs> Whereas it's like if he has two, maybe he kind of like loafs around in both games. So it's, yeah. it's a weird dynamic with that one too. Yeah, he's playing the Spurs and he's like, ah, maybe maybe we'll give it 20 minutes tonight, yeah, jack up yeah. a couple <laughs> threes and drink exactly. some Gatorade. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I, I always perceive the – I don't, I don't want to say I always perceive a lot of people view the draft, fantasy draft, as their most as the most fun part of the fantasy season. Drafting your team, people yeah. love best ball. That's blown up, um, and like you know, if you're in a, a salary cap league, auction league, those are those are so much fun. I love mm-hmm. those drafts. You don't draft a team, and so rare they just give you they just give you twenty guys when you start. Um, and I think it's a little counterintuitive, but I actually like that a lot, even though. You know, I didn't necessarily like the guys I got because it's you're sort of you're like, I have to just deal with the hand I'm dealt literally. Yes. And, um, you know, it helps if you sort of um, you're just kind of it's like an arranged marriage to these players. You're like, I just have to make this work. And then it feels pretty good when you actually put together a lineup that does well. Um, But I, I think that's really interesting because normally people just they love the draft so much. But I think being attached to some of these players is also a really fun way to do it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, that's really the case in any fantasy sport. Like the draft is definitely the best part, which is a bummer that it happens at the beginning and then you just have mm-hmm. to like slog through the season. But yeah, so the, the common game, it's true. Like we're all kind of just at the mercy of like whatever commons we get. And I know that like there were some people, basically the way it starts is that they give you like five players and you pick one from that group and it's usually like a group of stars. So it's like, which one do you want? Like Carl Anthony Towns was like the best one when I like mm. logged in and I was like, that's tough, man. That is not what I was looking for. I see all these people posting stuff. Oh, I got Doncic. I got Yoke. And I'm just like, I got Towns. All right, let's see what we can do here. But like, you know, it's a little bit of a challenge and like I said, it doesn't cost anything. So it's not like no. I felt like I, I lost anything, but like, 
when you talk about like the connection with your players, like if you start playing the the paid, you know, if you start buying the cards, mm. like you really get a connection there. Like you're like really incentivized. And so the, you know, one of the things that we always kind of talk about on, in our content is like, you really should like research before you buy cards. Yes. And it's less about like whether you should, you know, it's less about the so rare ecosystem, all that, but like, you know, if you're going to spend money to buy these things, like you should really know what you're, you know, have a plan with what you're going to do and go from there. And so when you do start buying these cards, like it, there's a, you feel much more, I don't want to say you're like attached to these guys, but like you're obviously financially attached because you bought these cards uh, to play in the fantasy game. I will say that one of the, the dynamics of this game that is very different for the NBA game versus their soccer game and their baseball game is because of this kind of average fantasy point cap that they have you it kind of forces you to buy more than just five cards oh right yeah because if you have you know you make a lineup that is a hits the cap at 120 and the guy that you brought in jonathan Kaminga just absolutely smashes for three games and all of a sudden he used to cost two against the cap and now he costs 12 well now you can't play like you know Giannis and lebron together and so it's like it does make you you have to be a little more than just like the five cards but to be honest, like trying to buy cards is really fun too. Like going through the market, like competing in auctions. It sounds stupid. Like I'm not, I will completely <laughs> admit that you're like pumped to be spending money like this, mm-hmm. but like there is kind of an excitement when you win an auction and now you own this card and you can use the card in the fantasy game. And there's just like an excitement to that, that can't, that like really shouldn't be overlooked as, as weird as it sounds to like, get excited about spending money this might this might be way too complicated of a, of a question to answer i don't really know i'm hoping uh talking about card values mm-hmm. do you think they come from the top down or from the bottom up if, the, if that question makes sense yeah yeah so so if if i'm understanding the correct the, the question correctly basically like are the most expensive uh tiers of the card. So like the uniques and the super rares, mm-hmm. do those prices basically deter- help determine how much people pay for the rares and the limiteds? Yes. Or is it the other way around? It's, it's, I don't want to say it, if it's one of them, it's definitely down up. Okay. And so the, the limited cards, which they do uh, 5,000 of each player each season. And unlike a lot of, a few others, if anybody's familiar with FIFA ultimate team, no, it's a, more of a soccer game. But you basically everything you buy in, in FIFA Ultimate Team, you lose after the season. These cards you can use forever. So mm-hmm. like as long as the game is going on, if you buy a card this year, if you buy a card next year, the year after that, like you can use those in the same contest. And so there's a benefit to that. So because there are 5,000 limiteds and 1,000 rares, they just trade a lot more often. And so... Mm-hmm. And there are more people who can afford those cards and who buy those cards than the ones who buy kind of the upper level ones. So like I've been on Sorare for like almost two years now. Obviously the basketball just started, but like I own one super rare basketball card and it's a Ryan Archie Diacono. So like, obviously I'm not using that much in the game, but like the price for that, versus the price for a limited, like the limited market is just much more liquid. So like that pretty Mm -hmm. much helps determine it. 
and then the rares from there. And super rares, people tend to look at rare prices to help them with super rare prices. But like limited, which is like the the tier that most people play, is kind of on its own. And so like that kind of sets the price by itself. That makes sense. I I do it, it does make sense because that's the way the physical card market works a lot too. You know, I I've heard people talk about, you know, oh, there's a new the you know the oh, I can't remember who it was, but you know, when these when these super rare baseball football cards sell for exorbitant amounts of money, the high you know, all time ten million dollar yeah. sale of this, that doesn't like trickle down. Like people, you 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 don't go to your local card shop because some card sold for 1.5 billion dollars and you're like well actually maybe i should buy this ten dollar pack of cards now because someday um it usually is the other way around where it kind of rises and then everyone that makes sense because of the the liquid aspect of it um and so all the do the the super rare contests work the same way as the limited contests um and it's just the the rarity of the cards is different uh Pretty much, yes. Okay. So, and the rewards are subsequently the ones that you use in those contests. So, right now they have, um, they're kind of like rolling out the competitions as they start, just because they don't sell like enough super rares yeah. right away to to uh, to do all the contests. But effectively, you can use limited cards to win limited cards, and then sometimes you can win rare, which is kind of the scarcity above. Then you can use rare to win rare and super rare. And then the super rares you can use, you know, it's, a, it's just a, a progression up basically. Um, right. But for the most part, you're using cards of the same scarcity to win either the same scarcity, just better cards or the one right above it. Okay. Um, do you, from playing, from playing the, the soccer game more, do you, do you have like advice to give people in general, um, whether it be, for the market, for the games itself, like what, I guess you obviously you're, you're in, you're in so rare as much as I feel like anybody is in so rare. Um, Do you have a just general advice for people who are interested, who are joining? Yeah. yeah. I'd say the, the biggest piece of advice I have is to like do your homework before you start. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds like everyone's like, Oh, do your own research. But like, it's really important to like understand how this game works, like particularly basketball and it's new, basketball is new. Yeah. So meaning the fantasy game is new. So like understand like how you score points, how you build teams, how the salary cap situation works or the scoring cap works. And so once you have that, then I would say, you know, then consider like starting to buy cards, but like the, the free game is really fun. So like, it is. Yeah. just like sign up right now, and like play around with it. And the what's really nice about the way that they've set up the the common game, that's the free to play one, is that it basically mimics their the other scarcity games. So like there's common contender and common champion. And then there's limited contender, limited champion. So like they did a really good job of basically being like, here's the free way to play. And when you want to start buying your own cards, you, it's the same gameplay. You just buy the cards now instead of having the free ones. But like fundamentally, that's it. And so, you know, you do your own research in terms of how to play the game. And then when you're ready to buy cards, you come over to So Rare Data where I work and we can show you kind of how much cards have been costing for the cards that you want to get. Like you can um, go on our site and create a watch list 
and you can track that watch list to see like where prices have been, where they go. I will say that when they launched new cards, which they did with the NBA, the, the early cards that they release are always much, much more expensive than yeah. as they go on. So like, as I said, they'll do 5,000 limited cards this year for each player. The, the one of 5,000 is a significantly different price than the 10 of 5,000, the 20 of 5,000, the 459th of 5,000. So like you can, you can literally go on our site and just see like a price graph and see, I mean, they all start at the top and they go down. And if you see that and you're like, oh man, prices are just going down. Why would I go in, go into this? It's like, well, you have to understand that the early ones are, are expensive because people will get really excited and they want yeah. kind of like the low serial numbers. That's kind of a top shot thing as well. Getting mm. like the first one or the, the Jersey mint is what they call it. So like if it's the LeBron six of 5,000, cause he wears mm -hmm. six, even though it's such a stupid number for LeBron. <laughs> and so like those, those are, those are kind of expensive, but like, you'll see like the chart just like kind of level out. But then if you kind of zoom in a little more game week to game week, you have guys who like, they are kind of popping a little bit because maybe they're a little underpriced or this situation, like with Trey Murphy, like he's going to get a little more playing time. So now his uh, price goes up a little bit because people want those cards. But again, like Trey Murphy's price didn't go up just because he was like going to get more playing time. It went up because enough people were like, oh, he's going to get more playing time. I'm going to go buy this card. Right. And so somebody buys it at, you know, $8. Then somebody's like, oh, that's a good move. They buy it $9. Someone else buys it 11. And it just kind of like goes from that. And then at some point it reaches a, a cost where everyone's like, no, I, that's not worth it. And so now the price kind of, you know, stabilizes or comes down a little bit. And like, like I said, that's kind of the market dynamic of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, so, the I think I again I think the important thing to emphasize is first of all the game is really fun as the free version the the pack you get that's fun and then you know we 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 talked a little bit now we haven't dove like a tongue into like actually buying a ton of cards on the market or anything like that diving in a ton but like you you know like we brought up you can just win if you do well in these free contests you win limited cards at yes. some point like right now the common champion contest there are uh, there are sixty seven thousand people. Or 67,000 entries. And the prize pool, everybody who places in the top 1,000 gets a limited card. Um, now, different tiers, you know, 750 yeah. to 1,000 is tier 5. You know, tier 4 is, is below. But as we've talked about before, sometimes those tier 4 cards, guys with super low averages, can be just as valuable as a tier 1 card. Yeah. And then from there, you can just sell those cards. Again, sell those cards for money. Pocket that if you want. Who cares? Or reinvest it into more limited cards to create a limited lineup and then move your way up. So there is like this aspect of it where I don't want to say it's free money because that's ridiculous, but the entry cost is zero. Yeah. And you can, if you do really well, and if you're a good fantasy player, there's a good chance you're going to do well at some point um, that you are going to be able to sell cards. Yeah. I think the, so <clears throat> a, it's not, like we're like, oh yeah, you just have to finish in the top thousand of a contest with sixty nine thousand people. So like, uh, like that's how it's not like easy free money, but you right. can win that. And the top of those is like literally a Jokic or mm -hmm. Doncic. Like those are cards. And another 
aspect of this because it's like a card that you own you also could just trade it to somebody else for one of their cards or multiple mm -hmm. cards like it doesn't have to be all you know i'm going to sell this and buy this like you literally could just say i have this Doncic card do you want to trade it for you know durant and kyrie or whatever if you're a big nets fan if that exists but <laughs> no it doesn't um, like you can do that too and so or you can trade a a, a morant limited for somebody you know a sabonis rare or i don't know if the prices match up but like yeah. you can that you can do that and so fundamentally like there's there's like we said there's like a lot of ways to play this uh sorry if you don't have this information in front of you right away but we're talking about so in this in this common champion contest which is pretty much if you if you join so rare right now and you open your pack of 20 cards this is the with well, the, probably the first contest you will join yeah um the top prize in this contest, I should say, if you finish in the top three, is a limited tier one card. And you're talking about that's Jokic, that's Giannis, that's Doncic, that's the best players. I think you know where I'm going with this. What would be the, right now, what are, what is a Jokic tier one going for? Limited. Uh, what Doncic, whoever. So, like, essentially, what is the prize pool if you take one through three, something like that? Yeah, yeah. So, the last... Doncic limited card sold mm -hmm. one hour ago for $387. That's nice. That, that and, then, and then like the person who joined that contest did not pay a dime to, to play this game. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, I, I think the, the other ones, so basically like the way the scoring works is very similar to a lot of other fantasy, like fantasy basketball games tend not to be like vastly different. And so, mm -hmm. like, understandably, like, Giannis, Jokic, Doncic are, like, the top guys. Uh, ja Morant's obviously, like, getting in there as well. Um, let's see. I'm trying to see. The last Giannis Limited sold for, for $420 12 minutes ago. Now, and then let me see. And the last Rare was six hours ago at uh, 1859 And now, Rare is one step up? Rare is one step up, right. Okay. Now... Those are like not small numbers. Like I, I no, completely of appreciate no. that. Like we're we're going from like, oh, you have this free to play game, and now I'm like, oh, or you could spend four hundred bucks on a Giannis card. Like you don't have to play. You don't have to buy Giannis. Like um, on we did. We have a Sora Data NBA show. First episode was included a guy who was like, I'm never playing champion. I love guys mm -hmm. who like score between twelve and fifteen, and I want to scout those guys. And so if you only play contender, like you're probably never going up against lineups with Giannis. And so like you can play that way. And so, you know, if you want to get, if you're more somebody who, I don't know, went to Villanova and wants to build lineups of only Villanova guys, if you just want to go grab like a, a uh, limited Sadiq Bay, it's like 25 mm -hmm. bucks. And so yeah. like, and you can, hopefully win huge with Sadiq Bay at $25. But like, you know, the, the prices are all over the place. But when you think of it, like if Sadiq Bay is $25 and like Giannis probably should be 400, like realistically, yes, I'm talking about the, the players they are. And there really hasn't been like much of a collectible aspect to the game yet. Like the prices are very uh, reliant on how these players do in the fantasy game. And so if you have Sadiq Bey, who his last 10 average is 24, and you have Giannis's, who's like 59, like 
it's understandable why Giannis is so much more expensive. Well, you, I think you bring up a really interesting point about the common contest because you get 110 rolling average fantasy points as your essentially your salary. Yeah. And uh, so you're going to you know be constructing a lineup of guys. Uh, you know, it's five guys. That if you if you really know your stuff in a sport, like if you really know basketball and you have a really strong uh, knowledge of matchups, a really strong knowledge of injuries, you yeah. know, um, that I I think that contest is where you can probably it was is where your edge is compared to the champion contest where basically everybody else is also playing one of Giannis or Jokic. You know, the common contests are going to be way more diverse. You know, because Sadiq Bey, with his average, is going to be uh, – he's like the average player in that contest. There's yep. going to be a lot of lineups where Sadiq Bey is the best player. And then Mike Conley is the second best player. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, also a lot of these guys who are like, I don't know, most teams' third options. If you can find a way to stack your five-man group with a team of guys who are like their team's third options – there's a pretty good chance they double their fantasy point average. Um, Cause these, these are always the guys who are sort of in the mix. And of course there are the lower guys too, you know, like the value guys, like you mentioned, maybe Kaminga if Draymond gets hurt or something like yeah. that. But I think if you are really into the fantasy basketball aspect of this, you can sort of think, okay, maybe I can get into these common contests with these lower price guys. And that's really where I can start making waves as opposed to the, the champion contest. Yeah, no, I, I think that's exactly what it is. If you're somebody who is really good at getting that news and kind of like responding to it and figuring out who is going to benefit from playing time when whoever is out, then yeah, like it's it's a huge opportunity. And frankly, if you're really quick with that, like that's that's almost, you're almost better suited as like a trading opportunity than you are playing mm-hmm. the fantasy game because like- it, it takes a while for that news to spread of like, yeah. oh, so-and-so's out. And then a lot of people are relying on people like you who are like, no, 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 if so-and-so's out, then you need to get this guy. Mm-hmm. And so it just like kind of uh, steamrolls from there. And if you're able to get that news like right away, and the reason why we have partnered with Rotowire for getting news on our site is specifically for that, because like, I don't think anybody gets the news faster than Rotowire. And the analysis comes with that of like, you know, Zion and Brandon Ingram are out tonight. I keep using Trey Murphy because I bought him. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's okay. People Murphy. understand. Yeah. But like, you know, Trey Murphy's going to see more playing time. And it's like, if you get that news, and that's why we partnered with Rotowire to do this, then, you know, you can take advantage of those situations. And if you're playing, if you have one of those guys in your common team, you could just flip them right into your lineup before the game week comes and, you know, hopefully you got him in before everyone else did. And you can have the, you know, the 20 point, uh, 20 minutes that, you know, Doug McDermott is going to get tonight instead of the eight that he usually plays. Yeah. It's, and you're right to bring up the trading opportunity there. It's funny because you think about if you are someone who is in the sports betting world and likes to bet on NBA, NFL, whatever, if some big injury news comes out in the NBA, the sports books just pull those odds off. They just don't, they, they pull them, they lock them. You cannot bet on that until they come out with new odds. Yes. Right. And sometimes if you're quick, again, if you're someone like searching Twitter or, you know, if you follow road wire, but obviously Twitter has it first, sometimes you can get those odds before they pull them, but that doesn't happen on so rare. Like so rare is not pulling 
players or they're not locking player auctions uh, because some big news came out. So you have an opportunity, you know, if you're on top of things to, like you're mentioning, um, jump on this injury news, uh, buy a card of these players, and then potentially just flip it like hours later or a day later um, for more. And I don't know how much more. So like, I don't, it's, I, you know, that part is more of like a software data thing where it's like, okay, you know, let's say, I don't even know who I'm just going to make. Let's say Lori marketing gets hurt tomorrow. Right. And then I want to jump on the Jared Vanderbilt card, like mm-hmm. right now. Like I buy one the second I see Lori marketing gets hurt. I don't know how much more money Jared Vanderbilt's card is going to go for in three hours, but it's going to be more. Mm-hmm. So there's, I don't want to say there's no downside. There's always risk. Yes. Right. But it's, it's just a really interesting way to play it instead of um, people who are, I guess, gambling on games instead. It's, it's absolutely a way to do it. And like, I think for some situations you're actually extending the time that you, it'll take to flip. Like we've, I've seen some where people, where card prices were literally double in like 40 minutes. Wow. Because like just off of like, Oh, and it's, it's usually, so th- this is kind of the weird thing with that. It's usually guys who don't play and it's like, they're now they're being thrust into roles. Oh, they don't play. Yes then their L10 is really low. And so they're Mm -hmm. actually like really attractive for the game because you're like, oh, this guy now has like 20 projected fantasy points and he's only going to cost, he has an L10 of of four. Like it's it's like a mini cheat code. And so people are like, I need that for my lineup. And if you got that 45 minutes earlier, like I'm not going to say this happens all the time, but like those are the situations because, and the benefit of those is, if you're early on those guys, they're usually cheap to start because they're not mm. any good because they don't play. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, they are going to play. And now it's like everything changes and you were there early. Yeah. And it's not, you know, again, this is a, it's a biweekly thing, right? There's, so it's like, it, this isn't happening every single day. Like if, if a player is questionable for like a Tuesday game, that doesn't really have weight on the so rare market you the know. way it would if this was a daily contest because yeah. chances are they'll just play again on Friday and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't, it's like, you know, people are not, but it's more of like the injury news where it's like this player's out two weeks or this player's out for the next two games, like Kawhi Leonard stuff, you know, who's out all the time or whoever. Um, so, yeah, I think that's something I didn't, you know, from, from talking to you now, I'm realizing like this, this actually makes a lot of sense as something that um, if you're someone who pays attention in fantasy, you can really just take advantage of this. And again, you may not have to even invest any money. If you're just good at the game, you you get a, a tier two limited and you sell that. And then you just start – You from there, you can just start buying Sadiq Bey uh, on a, a three-game week when uh, Bojan Bogdanovic gets hurt. And suddenly, you know, you just keep – you scale it You scale it up. Yeah. Um, is that is that something that you were, like, doing in soccer a little bit? Um, or is it tougher? Is it not really, like, the same? It's kind of it, – uh, it's not as drastic in soccer. Uh, it, like there are some positions where like, like a goalie, since there are just not that many goalies, like if a goalie gets hurt, then the backups prices will like skyrocket. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's situations like that, but yeah, like um, just like this, this game week uh, I was talking to somebody and they were like, you know, Paul George seems a little cheap mm-hmm. and like Kawhi's not back yet. And he's going to be the guy. And it was like, he is a little cheap. You're right. And it's one of those, you know, he, Paul George, and I, admittedly, I haven't been like the biggest Paul George fan. I don't think anybody is. Ever. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's tough to, 
argue that like he has no ceiling. Like the ceiling is high because like if he gets going, like he can really do it. And he exploded last night. And I think right now he's like the highest scoring player of the game week for on so rare. And it's just stuff like that. Like if you can identify guys who are like, maybe they're, you know, if they're just underpriced versus guys who, who score relative to them and they have a ceiling like Paul George, like we saw Paul George's price go up yesterday, like literally during the game. Cause people are like, Oh, like he has an L 10 right now of 40 and he scored like 81 That's points. That's really low. It's yeah. really low for Paul George. Right. For, right. And so like his price went from I'm trying to see here. So yesterday, Oh no, today is the 11th. So he went for an auction this morning, right after midnight uh, Eastern for 50 bucks. And then like the game ended and he was up at 87 and it's like, and, and that's 87 in the same scarcity where Giannis is 420. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Paul George can match Giannis sometimes. You don't need it to happen all the time. If it happened all the time, he'd be more expensive. But like Paul George is like one of those guys that can, can get hot and just like blow up a game week like this. And those are the guys I think they're actually a little underpriced on the platform. Dame Lillard's another one that like jumps out at me. Like he, his averages aren't like super high, but man, the peaks are, are awesome. Well, that's the thing. You, you only have to buy this card once and it doesn't cost anything to enter the contest. So you're saying it's like, if I, you know, if I think Paul George's ceiling or Damian Lillard's ceiling or, you know, Darius Garland's ceiling is, close-ish to Doncic, to Giannis. It's like, I only have to buy this card once, and then I can just play it in all these contests indefinitely. Yep. And in theory, I think I have the same upside potential. Now, it doesn't hit there as often, but it could. Mm-hmm. You know, and obviously, like, a lot of things also have to go right in your lineup for this to match up. But I think that's really interesting. And you mentioned in soccer how goalies is just like a very – there's not that many goalies. They get hurt. It's a position that's, like, very direct in terms of, like, one guy replaces this guy. Mm-hmm. I'm the the usage, quote unquote, does not get distributed evenly. Right. There is a little bit of that aspect of it in basketball too, where I feel like point guards and centers uh, are positions of scarcity in terms of if a point guard gets hurt, usually the backup point guard is just going to see a ton of extra, like or backup centers, For sure. right? Like backup centers basically just guaranteed ten rebounds if he starts, right? Um, <laughs> And it's like, you know, if a wing gets hurt, if like a shooting guard slash small forward gets hurt or even some power forwards, a lot of teams, they just do that by committee. They're like, well, we got three guys off the bench and we just give five more minutes a game and all of a sudden it's fine, you know? Um, uh, You know, and so you could point guards and backup point guards and backup centers. If you're looking for guys to kind of just, I'm going to invest in these guys. I'm just going to sit and I'm going to wait. And I think that's an opportunity. I think that's a, it's a really good call. Uh, I wish I could say that's why I went heavy on Ryan, Ryan but <laughs> the, the, I That did remind me of another like key aspect of this game is among of the five cards that you play in every contest, the, it's positionless basketball. Yes. So like you can play five centers if you want. You could play five point guards. Like it's just five players. And so like, that actually, I feel like that opens it up for a little more fun that you're not just like, oh, I got to find another center to play today. Yep. Like, so that I like really like that aspect. But it's one thing I wanted to throw in because we hadn't I hadn't mentioned that yet. But like, I've never played a fantasy basketball game where like the position doesn't matter. 
five utilities. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people they want more utility in fantasy basketball, right. you know, and I I agree with that. So yeah, I I never really thought I didn't even think about it because you're not you're not thinking that way when you put the lineup together. You're just looking. Um, but yeah, you could you could in theory just you know uh, if you got like fifty dollars and you're thinking like maybe I'll just maybe I'll buy some backup point guards, right? You know maybe I'll get some backup centers, a little Nick Richards, a little. I don't even know who little Emmanuel quickly. Yeah. Little, uh, yeah. Stuff like that. You can kind of, you can, you can make it work. Yeah. And uh, to keep like plugging Sora data since <laughs> that's all right. here, But like we have pages basically that are like specifically show rotowire projections versus like the L 10 averages mm. and the recent sales prices and what the floor price is on some of these cards. So it's like, you can make very informed decisions like very quickly and with each player page with similar rotowire, we have the rotowire news there. So like we, when we were building this stuff, we kept being like, boy, it'd be really cool if we could do this and really cool if we can do this. And it was like, rotowire does this stuff. Right. Like, <laughs> let's just go to rotowire. And so like, that's why we did it. And like, we were super psyched to be able to have this stuff because like I consider the rotowire basketball stuff, like some of the best stuff that's out there. And so like there's no reason for us not to have done it. And so it's uh it's awesome to be able to like have that stuff on our site and yeah. It, yeah. And I <laughs> we keep mentioning it. This isn't like a direct plug for either place. Like we <laughs> like I wanted to do this before I even knew that we were going to I didn't even know that we were going to start providing you guys with like news projections, yeah. or whatever. Um, just because I think the game is, you know, it, it's really interesting. Um but yeah, it's, you know, that data is really important for, for everybody because, you know, like me, someone who's just like in it, I just, if, if someone gets hurt, I'm like, oh, this guy, like, yeah. it doesn't even cross my mind, you know, and, but it is good to have that, that data projected. So people have that available because not everyone is going to know immediately, like this is who is expected to, to step in and fill in. Um, but I think, I think it's good when everybody, you know, everybody, more people, more people are informed, it creates a, a better market in general. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I will say that we have, I mean, the, the soccer uh, part of so rare is by far the biggest one. And there are plenty of people who are playing NBA who are like, I've never seen an NBA game before. I have mm -hmm. no idea what I'm doing. So they come to our site <laughs> and then they read like the Rotowire news and they're like, Oh, this is like, like getting news for soccer for like Korean and Japanese soccer is like not the easiest thing to do. And so they come no. to like the NBA and we're like, oh, yeah, here's all the news. And they're just like, wow, this is awesome. And I was like, yep, there you go. And there's the Rotowire logo. That's where it comes from. And um, so, yeah, the news and the projections are just, like, vital for playing this game because, I mean, it's how you, like, build in within the cap, making sure that the players that you are thinking of buying or that you did buy are, are healthy and, and going to play. And if they're not, who could potentially replace them? And it's, a, it's just a great information to have. Yeah. Um... I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for us. I, I really appreciate you coming on, man. I, I, you know, when I, like I said, I was initially, I was like, ah, I don't know. It's so rare. It's more, more fantasy. Do I, do I need another fantasy team? Like for real. <laughs> um, but once I actually played the game and got into it, I, my first impression was like, wow, I think this is really well done. And um, you were the first person I thought of to like come talk to. Cause I, I don't know someone who would in theory be more informed than you are about this whole thing. And I do think, um, you know, I, I hope we did a good enough job. Both of us kind of explaining like, uh, what I enjoy about it and what I think could be aspects of it that the, you know, the most um, a super casual player could enjoy about it and what a more hardcore player could, uh, you know, could do with it. Um, 
I really appreciate you coming on, man. Is there anything, any last words, anything you want to plug other than just Sober Data in general? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'd say, yeah, the Sower Data in general, we do have a the Sower Data NBA show, which is just a, a live stream that we do. We also have a podcast, so that's available on all, all platforms that you can get that sort of stuff. Uh, certainly, if anybody has any questions about SoRare or SoRare Data, you can uh, find me mostly on Twitter. I'm uh, at Andrew M. Laird. And yeah, happy to help anyone who wants to get involved because I realize this is a very new game. And like mm -hmm. you said, like not everyone needs another fantasy game, but I think this is different <laughs> enough and has a, like a number of really fun aspects that I think uh, people could really get into it. And my goal is to get our good friend Ken Kreitz in it because if Ken can get into it, then I think literally anybody would enjoy it. Oh man, I'll have to I'll have to ask him about that. Maybe we, we can get him a hookup for like a maybe we can get him a bunch of Celtics players. We'll get him something like Luke Cornett. Yeah. Yeah, you can maybe gift him like a Luke Cornett card or something like that. And we'll 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 get him in that way. We'll get him. All right. Thanks, man. We'll we'll talk soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.